Hello and welcome to this month in motorsport, March edition, 2023. I'm Sean Smith, and I've been joined by Sam Green. Hello. And Alistair Walker. Greetings, humanoid life forms. How are we both? All good? Yes, I mean, not bad. Would be better if I was racing. Well, you can do that later. But, uh, <laughs> yes, it's uh, been March. It's been a big month for big sports. Um, we couldn't. We 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 traced some. We we found a little little, little small one, but uh, really, it's been two big events that have happened, and um, we're going to be talking about that. March, of course, is the start of the World Endurance Championship, and we're going to start there in the sunny, hot Americanness of Sebring. Let's start. Let's start with WC Sebring, almost one thousand miles. Start the clock. Why was it almost one thousand? I thought it was one thousand. No, they changed. No, there was an early safety car which made it time limited at eight Ah, hours. Yes, I can't remember why the safety car was because honestly, I was still driving home at the time. That was the Ferrari, wasn't it? The Ferrari rolled over. Turn one. Yeah, turn one. One of the Ferraris lost it and went into one of the unbelted tire barriers that they use everywhere in America. It's quite spectacular. Um, It was. He just he sort of rolled over ended up upside down so the safety car came out understandably um but it was out for a while jose maria lopez moment yeah similar (laughs) yeah um but uh yeah obviously it was repairs to the barriers that needed to be made they need to check the driver and clear the car and stuff like that so yeah that was quite a lengthy safety car um Um, this was of course the the big it's what we've been waiting for for many years uh hypercar actually being competitive um, we've seen a, a raft. Of, well, the it's, LMP1 is now officially gone, um, but we had the return of the Toyota GR010, the Glickenhaus, um, and they were of course, and the Peugeot, um, which were joined by now Ferrari by Collez Van Wall, uh, along with the LMDH GTP cars uh, of Cadillac, Porsche, and that was it. Remember, yeah. LMDH is the rule set. They're only GTP cars when they're competing in IMSA. When they're competing in the WEC, they're hypercars. They're not hypercars. <laughs> no, they're in the hypercar class. Hypercar is the name of the class, but it's also the name of the regulatory set. Don't care. They're not hypercars. No, but they're in the hypercar class. Therefore, they are hypercars <laughs> in then. the WEC. Sam, decide. Um, I'm going to call them... LMP1 cars. <laughs> but no, if the Toyota goes to IMSA, it'll be a GTP. No, it won't. <laughs> yes, it will. I don't care. Because that's the name of the top class. It's wrong. <laughs> the, Alp- I think it's the Alpine last year using... was not a hypercar. No, that was that was a grandfather. That was an LMP1. Um, but, uh, but no, that was... So I think, yeah, it, it's easier to say that they were racing in hypercar even if the car is to denote the difference between a full-blown hypercar and the LMDH, I think GTP uh, makes it slightly easier. But uh, anyway, even though I mean, it's wrong, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, no, this isn't my fault. Blame him in the ACO for this. Oh, one. don't worry. We often do. Um, it was good. It was. A t- it's a tough start to the year, Sebring, I think, for a season. Absolutely. Opener, especially with brand for an new cars. Hour. 
Yeah. Especially yeah. if you've not done any testing over the winter. Oh, wow. That was a bit of foreshadowing you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll come on to that, what that actually means fairly shortly. Yes. Um, we'll start with a small story, which, of course, that, uh, this year is the last year for the LMGTE class. Uh, they've got rid of the pros, thankfully. And now it's just a big, they call it AM, I just call it GTE battle. Um, and that was good. It was good. I thought the qualifying was really good. For, yeah, um, why? Yeah, the qualifying between Sarah Bovey and Ben Keating was a very close run thing. And Jesus, I'm surprised Sarah Bovey didn't stack it into the tyres at the last she corner. Three times. pushing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And she thoroughly deserved that pole position. Oh, yeah. 100%. Hands down. Wicked lap. But, like, you've got. That was on the edge. Like, that was the most that car could give on that fast lap. If she couldn't have gone quicker than that, that was everything. Yeah. Um, but even but to beat Keating in the Corvette, that's no mean feat. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah Corvette definitely. racing. I don't know which direction that deal came together from, but <laughs> I mean, to give their GT car a send off, I think Corvette racing would have been hard pushed to find a more capable bronze rated driver than Ben Keating. Absolutely. I, I, well, what, maybe Sarah Bovey, but I don't think she's yeah. leaving um, <laughs> Iron Dames. I, I think but we also we so. said at the time, how is Ben Keating a bronze? Like um, <laughs> he's bronze due to the way it works. It's because of his age and because ah. he's a non. He's still technically a non-professional racing driver. There are right. some complexities in the FIA's driver grading system, but I mean, to be a silver, I think silvers are normally. I normally regard silver as being young up and comers. It's people that have shown promise in single seater series potentially in lower series like gt4 but they're probably on the path to be a factory racing driver but aren't there yet they're golds are young, yeah golds yeah. are factories yeah, professional them. drivers and yeah platinum is your best of your best your yeah. champions your front runners although i think being an f1 full stop makes you a platinum driver yes. which yeah. is which is stupid. yeah is not logical because okay i'm gonna sound mean here an attacker driver and i'm gonna pick one at random i wonder who's no gonna be <laughs> lance stroll for instance is probably not a driver who's in f1 on raw talent and if you put him in the same car as a lot of the Platinums in IMSA, for instance. So people like Philippe Albuquerque, uh, Matthew Jaminet, Philippe Nasser, he would probably get curb stomped into oblivion. <laughs> so he should probably be a gold. I thought you were going to go say the other Canadian, but um, there was there be other foreshadowing for later on. Oh, yes, no, he should probably be a bronze, in all honesty, but at this point. Um, Although, I was surprised years ago that a gentleman named Jan Lammers was a bronze. Really? Yes, uh, he raced for Racing Team Netherland in LMP2 at Lamar. Um, I think the reason he was a bronze was, again, purely due to his age. The reason I was surprised is he was the 1989 overall Lamar winner with Jaguar. <laughs> yeah. And he was now a bronze-rated amateur. Just well, technically, I think technically Mika Hakkinen is a bronze now. Someone get <laughs> Mika Hakkinen in an LMP2. Well, how can that be right then? How can Mika Hakkinen... It's because he's older, I suppose. Than... He's yeah. old, yeah. Well, I think it's once you turn 60, you're automatically a bronze. I know a couple of years ago, Martin Brundle became a bronze and immediately did the Nurburgring 24-hour. <laughs> um, because he could. So, 
Yeah, just because he could, and he did it with his son as a teammate, which is quite cool. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, cool. Sebring. <laughs> yeah. Well, as we proved, we saw with data uh, with yeah Daytona last month. Um, being a, having amateur drivers doesn't necessarily make your car slower. So the race for the GTMs was good. Uh, long story short, Corvette <laughs> absolutely smashed it. Um, yeah. To be fair to Corvette, I think there's a lot of quality in the GT field this year in the WEC the thing is Corvette Racing are a very well prepared team they have arguably their weakest the weakest link in any GTE team at the moment is going to be your bronze driver they have a very good bronze driver and ultimately yeah. they also have a very good team running the car Pratt and Miller Racing are multiple class champions at Le Mans they're one of those teams that they rank with Manti or AF Porsche or Yurst. They're the kind of people you'd want. Also, I realised I said you AF Porsche, AF not Corsa. AF Corsa. <laughs> it's because I said Manti right before. That, that, my brain be a, was in Porsche. I, I think my mind would blow up if uh, that deal did come off. Um, Could you imagine? I mean, they have had a driver eight. defect between the two organisations, I what, think. Jamre Bruni? Yes. Well, um... I know that they're not technically technically AF Corsa, if that makes sense, but they were running Ferrari last year. But Iron Iron Lynx and Iron Dames have gone from Ferrari to Porsche, haven't they? Yes. This year. Uh, it's a temporary move, to be honest. That's more yeah, just I because they, there's not a Lamborghini GTE car. And... There should have been. <laughs> but the, well, the, 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 it will be next year, so it's fine. Or it's not GTE. Yeah, the but... thing is, at this point, I'm impressed the field we got in GTE because the thing is, at this point, a GTE car would be a really bad purchase coming into 2023. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, it'd be a horrifically <laughs> stupid thing to buy. And I don't think they have. I think they've just leased a pair off Proton. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as we move off class, LMP2, which I hear is going to be in its final year. Is that right? Yeah, so it's in his final year in the WEC. Hooray. I think the plan is for it to continue. <laughs> I like LMP2. I oh. don't like the current LMP2 regulations, as we've discussed off Many podcast times. before. Yeah, but no, I think LMP2 has its place, and I think the fact it's still going to be in the ELMS, the Asian Le Mans series, IMSA, I think that's right, and I think it's also a good class to then bring in at the Le Mans 24 hours, so we're going to, I think, from next year onwards, have the full WEC grid, obviously, invited extra cars from the GT and hypercar classes, and then LMP2s as well, which I think will work fantastically well, personally. They should just call it the Oracle Cup. <laughs> they should, although I do hope we when the regulations change again for LMP2, I do hope we get some more manufacturers back because I'm so bored of it being Orica. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong. I respect Orica. I loved the Orica 05 LMP2. That was yep. a beautiful car. I am bored of everything being an Orica 07. <laughs> I'm just going to say, as because uh, they're one of my customers, uh, Orica, love what you do. Um, anyway, the... Um... Please do it less well, <laughs> or less, <laughs> le less, less dominantly. Uh, give just give them a, give the small you know Dallaras of this world a chance. I'll say small in massive inverted commas because obviously they're not very small at all. Um, yes, you know Dallas Sports they were pretty good in qualifying and in the race. Jota were pretty much the standout performers along with them. Um, I think it's going to be a good fight with them, Prima and United. Uh, for, maybe well, WRT. I think LMP2s 
pretty good. A lot of the teams are just sort of picking their future hypercar slash GTP drivers and putting them in LMP2 to get some prototype experience. And it's yeah, because I was going to say the Jota part of that battle is going to be brief because Jota are gone in. Well, I think by Spa, Jota will be gone from at least one LMP2 entry because they've got their Porsche 963 coming. WRT next year will be running the BMWs. Uh, Prima, I think, are okay. reasonably closely tied with Iron Link, so they'll probably be yeah. providing logistical support for the Lamborghini effort. And then United are probably just annoyed waiting for McLaren. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Which is, well, United is owned by let's, Zach Brown, let's, isn't uh, it? Let's not forget Vector Sport and his otter. Yes, Vector yeah, Sport yeah. are running the Asota LMP2 car. And Alpine. They're coming back eventually. Yeah, <laughs> Alpine are going to have their LMDH car next year. Which, long story short, sort of means that uh, it's probably just as well LMP2 is going to go away. Because everyone yeah, else is, everyone's going to the top class, which is good. Well, what's happening is we're losing the very cream of the crop of the LMP2 field. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. A weird analogy, maybe, is uh, the phenomenon of forest fires where they clear out all the rubbish and allow new things to grow. We're seeing all of the top teams exiting LMP2, but hopefully that'll mean we start getting some P3 teams from like the LMS stepping up, and we start seeing new teams develop that might later come into the top classes in five, ten years' time. And also, it's not as if these big teams are leaving the championship either. They're, they're moving to the higher category, which is kind of the way that it almost... Maybe less so with sports cars, but it's kind of the natural progression. Oh, no. Isn't it? no, no, no. It's very sports cars. You just need to go back far enough. I suppose. But, um, um, the group, group but yeah, they're still era, involved especially. in it. They're just, they're just going to be hypercar teams instead of P2 teams. And, and, and yeah, I think that's probably a good thing in the long term. Because, let's face it, like we just said, for things like Le Mans, it means that you can open up those extra entries yeah. to ALMS for the Asian Le Mans series. Even some of the IMSA teams, because uh, the IMSA will presumably still be in using LMP2. Um, They've confirmed them up until 2025. And to be honest, if they're not going to axe LMP3, I don't see them axing LMP2. No. Um, Al, when Sam just said ALMS, did your brain skip a second to go, no, not American Le Mans series? No, I now, it's, I nearly said it myself earlier because I now remember that the ALMS is the Asian Le Mans series because <laughs> we no longer have the American Le Mans series. That's that funny. is the one I meant, basically. Yeah. I knew that IMSA was a thing. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, you have the, uh, those like sort of more continental series, I think that you can then invite the top teams from then as well to come and race at Le Mans, which is obviously a big accolade as much as anything just to be invited. Mm. Um, and probably gives that more value as well rather than just being in... Well, the, the well, again, it's always been the way of it that the Le Mans series teams entered. But I think that probably also brings us quite nicely on to Hypercar, it doesn't it, Sean? Does. It certainly does. Mm. Um, we'll start at the back and work our way forward. Uh, in terms, just first of all, qualifying, just very quickly, I was very happy that Clickenhouse uh, and, Fl and Bicolles beat the LMP2 times, and that, that's it. I was happy the weekend. Um, <laughs> I did the bare minimum for being a top class car. Wow, well, yeah, but you know, 
how much data do uh, Oracle have compared to Bicolas? That's not the point. Um, fact is that the new hypercars, of course, have been. Well, look, we've been we've been looking forward to them for years at this point. Uh, the brand new Ferrari, long story. Well, let's just spoiler it. It got pole position. It beat both it riders. And then yeah, not not by a lot. It was two tenths of a second. So, um, but I mean, yeah, top. What a what a way to enter the series. Uh, by getting pole yeah, position in the debut, ecstatic that Ferrari got pole position. Yeah, I, I was really genuinely happy Ferrari were on pole. Here's a question. It's actually, for you. not. Here's a question. Yeah. For you. Will will the, that pole be more poles than Ferrari get in Formula One this year? Probably. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, mean I don't watch Formula One. It's one of the few motorsports I don't watch, but I'm guessing probably because from what <laughs> I understand, they're not doing well in Formula One right mm. now. Maybe they should get yeah. an AF Corsa to run the F1 cars. Well, you say that, but then we get to the race. <laughs> right. yeah, where it, it was very ferrari Yes. Um, um, but yeah, to come back to qualifying. So Cadillac with the top of the GTPs, about second off the pace. Porsche just, well, I don't Porsche know. Porsche was struggling. I don't know honest. why they were struggling, though, because they shouldn't. They've been struggling in IMSA as well, which we'll probably get onto later on. Oh, but... we will. They were struggling at Daytona. They struggle for stint pace. They struggle a little on one lap pace. I think they will get there, but they've got... And I think Porsche themselves admitted, like, it's not necessarily a BOP issue. They just have work to do on their car. The thing is, so Toyota know what they're doing. Oh, yes. Cadillac, while this is a new car to Cadillac, Cadillac and all of their associated teams have been doing prototype for a good number of years under DPI. It's essentially a newer version of the car they were running, isn't it? It's yeah. not that big a leap. Compared to the others here, so AF Corsa, yeah, they've got a new car. AF Corsa, however, had been running LMP2s. They've been in the World Endurance Championship. Yep. Porsche are really the ones here that have... Or, Porsche Team Penske are the ones that have the most to learn out of these top teams, really. And I think that's reflected in the pace we're seeing from yeah. them. I think they will get there. And I think, yeah. to be honest, I think what will help Porsche get there is the fact they've used a very similar approach to teams as they did in the 80s with the 956 and the 962. They've gone a very customer-heavy route which because this is the thing Penske are an amazing team they've been out of the world championship in sports car but I don't think they've ever actually been in it um, in no, its current form no they were they, they did P2 last year yeah but Penske Porsche they did. back in the day weren't in WC slash uh, LMS but yeah what they've got Coming on stream later in the year, though, is Hertz Team Jota, arguably one of the best LMTP2 teams of the current era, and Proton Competition. It, Who were? Which means it's not to, just... They, yeah, they used to be the works Porsche team, basically. Proton, yeah, it's... Well back, yes, but... Yeah, it's not just going to fall on the shoulders of Penske to get that 963 up the grid they're going to have Jota and Proton there as well. And I think that will help them in the long run, especially a team like Jota. I mean, we saw Jota have a very solid showing at Sebring in the LMP2. They're going to take a bit of time to get up to speed with the 963, but 
I would not be surprised within a couple of before the end of the season to at least see the Jota car trading places and splitting the Penske Porsches. Yeah, I. That's agree. my personal prediction. I think. Mm. Let's move on to the, yeah. race, the the race itself then. So we had Ferrari and Toyota put together briefly. Let's just say Ferrari did some interesting strategy calls, and Toyota basically just got into their rhythm in the in the race and. If we're honest, yes. weren't seen again. <laughs> I have to yeah. see from speaking to people and reading around. I think Toyota's car last year was struggling both in terms of the regulations for hypercar kind of evolving since the car was first made. I know they'd been changing the tire size and the diffs during last year. I think really last year was almost a glorified test for Toyota. They knew there was work needing to be done and it seems they've gone and they've done their homework i mean yeah. their drivers were saying how much better the car was handling the bumps and its general handling at sebring compared to 12 months ago so mm. toyota have not rested on their laurels they knew what they were going to be facing against the likes of ferrari adelac porsche and they've yeah stepped up their game to match because i I think it was Radio Lamar was saying that the pace that the Ferrari, the Cadillacs were running this year at Sebring was very close to what Toyota were running last year yeah, at Sebring. They were saying on commentary that last year's Toyota probably wouldn't have won the race, which said no, I mean, last year's Toyota didn't win the race anyway. The no, Alpine no, um, LMP1 uh, did. But. Yeah, but in this field, yeah, you're right. It's, it, we, we were talking during the race that Toyota have found about two seconds um, yeah, over, over last year. Yeah, but that's... Time. Because they've actually taken it seriously and they've put the work into oh, keeping, go. developing their car. Let's, yes, let, no. let, let, let's, I've let's, had a couple let's, of rants about no, this one. No, we, we haven't done it recorded. Let's do it, Al. Right. Who do you want to start with? Glickenhaus or, or Peugeot? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Glickenhaus because they're the ones that have less excuse in mind. Al, Al you, sh you shock me sometimes. Let's talk about Glickenhaus. Um, they just qualified ahead of Bicolors. Uh, Glickenhaus' car is two years old. Bicolors isn't. And uh, Bicolors were ahead of them by turn one. Glickenhaus never overtook them. And then Glickenhaus had reliability issues. Yeah, the thing that gets me with the Glickenhaus lately is everything I've seen says that they didn't do any winter testing. And the thing is, not only did they not do any winter testing, they didn't run, I will say, the last two, potentially three rounds of last year's World Championship. Bahrain, so that car has Fuji, been... they missed last year. And yeah, did... that car has been parked for a long time. And the thing is, so I respect the ambition and what they've done to bring a full privateer entry to the grid. Same with Mike Holds Vanwell and Isolta when they get here. I respect the efforts to get that to the grid. The thing that's getting me with Glickenhaus at the moment is... So... They struggled, it would seem, against Toyota last year. The one time they really showed pace was Monza. And mm -hmm. my understanding, if I remember correctly, is realistically the ACO gave them power brakes that were outside of the BOP as it's written in the rule book. Yeah. So they were essentially handed a good shot. And, uh, okay, they looked like they were going to win until their car had mechanical failures, but... That says to me as a team that you have work to do. You need to work on the car, work on your team. 
not mm. sit it out of the last two rounds of the championship and then not do any wind testing. I mean, because you struggled against Toyota. How are you going to face Toyota, Ferrari, Cadillac and Porsche if you're standing still? And Um, that's... I I made this prediction outside of a podcast. I do not think... I know recently in the news this week we've seen that Bicol's... Not Bicol's, sorry. Glickenhaus have announced they won't be doing the Nürburgring 24-hour to focus on the WEC programme. I don't see their program getting to Monza. I mean, each year so far, they've not run the last couple of rounds of the season. They've always bowed out at Monza, but I'm not sure I see the car getting to Monza this year. I, uh, no, yeah, we've discussed, as we say, outside of the podcast, but I very much hope you are wrong, um, as I'm sure you do. Um, it's, um, but it's, it's not looking good for Glickenhaus. They've, made complaints about the fact that IMSA have not allowed their car into the series that they should have been allowed into. Um, and I'm on Glickenhouse's side with that one. I do think it's a bit mean of IMSA. It's I, just petty. I see where it's coming from. IMSA want big manufacturers and they want certain marketing and financial commitments from those manufacturers and they won't essentially lessen those requirements for boutique manufacturers. But boutique manufacturers have always been a part of sports car racing, mm-hmm. yeah. including in the ALMS. As much as I didn't like the car, the Delta Wing yeah. ran in the ALMS for years. And we used to have people like Riley and Scott in the ALMS. We had um, Lola. We had all of these people running in the ALMS. Or a company even going way back in Sebring's history, like Cunningham. I don't think they even made that many cars, and yet they were a Sebring 12-hour winner. I I do think, yeah, IMSA are being unfair to Glickenhaus in this. However, I don't think that Glickenhaus currently have the right attitude as an organisation. If you don't... Yes, BOP should, where it's part of a series ethos help to level the field. The thing is, though, my understanding of the way the WEC's done it is they've set power, drag, aero load targets, all these targets, or these target windows, so the cars should be close anyway, and then they'll BOP them from there. The thing is, one, you need to get your car into it, but two, you need to make sure that the team running it are up to speed. I've always gotten the impression of bicoles. I think, sorry, Glickenhaus, no. I'm so used to talking about bicoles with you. This is the reason. I've always got the impression of Glickenhaus. Like when they had their first Lamar and they punted while the Toyota's on the first lap and the team were like, oh yeah, we've not really done any wet running. It just... (laughs) Why? Yeah, they've always given me the air of a team that weren't quite prepared Mm. for what they were facing. Speaking of not prepared, yeah... Let's talk about yeah, we go cut my rant short. Let's just, just a tad, but we get the idea. <laughs> no, it's... probably a good idea. Let's talk about Peugeot. Sebring, we said at this, we said during the race, Sam, this possibly the worst possible track that Peugeot could possibly be on. Yeah, I mean, let's face it, the Peugeot needs nice, smooth, high-speed circuits to to function because of the way that it works with its sort of. Um, underbody aero as opposed to a big wing on the back of it to try and generate the downforce on a really really bumpy 
middle speed to low speed corners, generally speaking, mm-hmm. at Sebring. There's a few fast ones, isn't there? Well, but... the fast ones are bumpy. That's the problem. Well, yeah, yeah that's probably some... why the fastest are the last and the first turn, which, yeah, yeah they thought... are anything but smooth. I thought the person yeah. going to orbit on those slow-mo, those slow-mo shots. So was, yeah, there. Was, <laughs> there were those times where it was genuinely like two wheels on the ground. Like, you didn't see that level of... I don't know what the right phrase would be. It's like the opposite of compliance, I guess. Yeah. Um, you in the Toyota when you watch the Toyota, it was it was smooth flat. over most of those bumps, and it was working. You could tell that the Aero had a better platform to work on, um, even though it's generally a more conventional Aero plan anyway. Um, so yeah, I think really this was always going to be. Peugeot's worst race of the season you would assume generally yeah, I... speaking that this is probably the one that they were like yeah we just want to get that one out of the way really <laughs> I think what's more disappointing for Peugeot is the reliability they suffered that's, at Sebring that's, the main, uh, that's part of it as well yeah yeah Peugeot's car not working with Sebring I can kind of understand it's Sebring is a unique circuit and they have a very particular aero concept. The two just don't work together. Yeah, yeah. And it would be a bigger issue. I mean, Peugeot's focus is currently, it would seem, the World Championship and specifically Le Mans. I'd, I'd, Le Mans. I'd go even further. I'd say it's just Le Mans. I don't think they care so right. much about WZ. But so it makes sense that they wouldn't have designed a car that works at Sebring. That's fine. But yeah, the fact, I think both. Peugeot's had gearbox issues, which we saw from them last year. One of them actually came to the pit lane before the start of the race. I don't know if you remember that. On the formation lap, it came back to the pit lane. Well, I couldn't see it because the uh, WEC app wasn't working, was it, Sam? Uh, Yes. Yeah, unfortunately not. So, uh, Monsieur Frenchie, if you could fix that for the next race, that'd be treasure appreciated. (laughs) Um, You might want to work uh, on your French there, Sean. Bad. It's fine, we're going to Italy, he doesn't need the French. Um, <laughs> yes, um, and I've much got like um, several other entrants. Actually, no, it's normally they go to Le Mans and then they skip everything else, you're skipping Le Mans. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Not, not through choice. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> but um, let's, let's, say, let's just say, say what I want to say, which is that Bicolas beat Peugeot. Yes, they did. They did, and I'm very happy to see Bicolors, Van Wall back on the grid. And if they hadn't been taken out, then they they could have. But they probably they got hit. It was a Peugeot that hit them, wasn't it? Yeah, they'd have finished seventh. Savagely attacked them. Yeah, yeah. I think they had a suspension failure, which I think might have been on the other side. Might still have had effects of it. (laughs) Also, here's the thing. If there's going to be a track that you're going to have a suspension failure at on the WEC calendar, it's going to be Sebring. At your, at your yeah. first race, yeah. I was yeah. saying, um, with respect to Van Wall Bicolas, it is very much still the first race for that car. They've done quite a lot of testing for a relatively small team. but um, It's not relatively small, Sam. They are the smallest team in Ibercar. Okay, but, but you know what I mean. Like, by... Like they've they've done a, a fair amount of testing, but oh, yeah. like as we said, Sebring is is a car killer. Um, yeah. So if you're yeah, going, that's the to reason we don't have a Sebring twenty four hour. Can you imagine? Nothing would last. <laughs> yeah, like, the, nothing the, the, would the last. Toyota, I mean, yeah, based off of this, 
maybe the title would be fine. <laughs> Could do 48 hours around uh, Sebring. Let's, let's talk about the top lot. So ahead of LMP2s, Porsche with four laps down, both of them. Uh, Cadillac with two laps down, which I think is very impressive, actually. Yeah, it's uh, not bad. They were on the same lap as the Ferrari. P3 Ferrari as well, yep. the number 50. Um, and Toyota with two laps there ahead of everyone else. Um, they, they weren't cruising, but they weren't. I don't think they were at full chat in the race trim. No, I think they were comfortable, should we say. They weren't having to nurse the car around. The car was okay. They didn't need to push especially hard. Um, so, yeah, I think they were pretty comfortable where they were. They probably could have gone a bit quicker, but oh. they didn't have any major issues. I think there's promise there in the pace of the others, though, especially in qualifying, that mm -hmm. hopefully we will start to see them close the gap to Toyota, because I do want to see it be you know, a close championship, but I think the potential's there in a lot of the competitors. Do either Yeah, and I mean, let's face it, do you two laps that... is roughly, what, three minutes, yeah. give or take. So, in, a, in an eight-hour race, three minutes behind the guys who have won the championship for the last however many years is not bad in what is basically the first race for the Ferrari and kind of, well, first race in the WEC for the Cadillac, shall we say. Um, yeah, so the Cadillac had done the Daytona, Daytona. 24 before. Yeah. So that actual chassis was entered in it. It was. The Porsches, they are a sort of separate sub-team to the IMSA team, and mm. they didn't receive their pair of chassis until after the Daytona 24. So right. they are debuting, basically, as Porsche were at. Daytona, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah. So the Cadillac team definitely had an advantage over Porsche there. I'll ask this question to you now. Do you think the Toyota will do what Red Bull are doing at the minute and be dominant all year, or do you think that they can be caught through this season? I think it will be a case of with, if with you BLE. look at. Yeah, I think if you, it will be a case of if you just look at results, you'll think they walked it. But I don't think it'll be as easy as that. I think they'll always end up where they want to be, but I don't think it's going to be plain sailing, if that makes sense. I think Yeah, I can see gap. Ferrari especially being a threat at Le Mans. Yeah. I'm going to make this prediction now. I think reliability and possibly a couple of poor decisions is what's going to kill Ferrari at Le Mans. Well, that's basically what we saw in this race, wasn't it? Both cars had a few issues, um, some bigger than others, and the 50 managed to just about get third place after starting on pole. Um, I actually, I thought it would be the other team that was going to do especially well, but I guess Fuoco, Molina and Nielsen, that is their GTE team, essentially, isn't it? Um, whereas the other is a mishmash of... Yeah, drivers the others are probably from... still learning to drive together. Mm. Yeah, they are, probably. Um, with Collado, Giovanazzi, yeah. um, and Pierre Guidi. Um, yeah, I think who... they've got the potential. I think they'll be a real threat in next year's WEC. Yeah, oh yeah. I, 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 I'm I just going to say now, I think if Ferrari get Paul at Monza, Sam, we're not going to be able to leave... Uh, <laughs> just, just for, I, yeah. We're not going to get through the crowds. <laughs> no, no. I think it's going to be a sea of red. I'm really looking forward to that, though. I think it's going to be great. Um, In before and... Peugeot get the pole at Monza. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, if Peugeot get get a pole at Le Mans, 
that'd be interesting. I, 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 I get Paul at Le Mans, everyone's going nuts. But... Yeah, but yeah. Also, also, I don't think it'll happen, so. <laughs> but, um, yeah, WC has started. That, that one topic has taken us, like, 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> it was a long race. Oh, it was. <laughs> you know what was an even longer race? The Seafree 12 hours. Al, I'm going to give you 10 minutes. Go for it. <laughs> yeah, so second round of the IMSA Championship, one of the other endurance classics. Um, and sharing the weekend with the WEC. Yeah, the Sebring 12 Hour was definitely dramatic. I've had my disagreements with Sean about this before. The difference with American racing, they have very different sporting regulations and approaches to things like yellow flags. What this tends to do is keep the field a lot more bunched. It also... The other changes we have technically compared to the WEC are our GT category is GT3, not GTE, so that will be the same next year. And we have LMP3s, which are like cute little moving chicanes, chicanes with a V8 engine. <laughs> I love LMP3s, but they do not belong in it. So. They, they're so pretty, though. Little... They are. They're so cute, and I love them. I'd love to own one and take it for walks, but these do not belong in him. So. It's for the, the rest of it is because they have a big, shouty, growly Nissan engine. They sound really powerful, but they're they're not. I mean, yeah. they're faster than a GT3 car, just about. Well, they are. Yeah. Sorry, they are nowadays faster than a GT3 car. Yeah, this is where I was having to remember because they never used to be. No, they used to be at the um, same speed, which was really funny to watch on the grid. Like, oh. As a, was it wet qualifying? No, no, this is just the pace. Yeah, so we had one of the LMP3 cars have a couple of small issues. So early in the race, it spun and spun in the path of the number 31 Whelan Engineering Cadillac, which promptly punted it. Um, and then to get its revenge at the GTP category as a whole, under yellow flags doing a pass around, which is something they get from sort of the NASCAR American style racing, it decided to rear end one of the Penske Porsches. Yeah, that was ridiculous. It was actually the same car. Yeah, just drove yeah. straight into the back of it. Yeah, so that was not the end of the drama, though, in um, GTP. So. We lost the other Cadillac to a fire. One of the BMWs, again, just decided that it didn't want to be a race car. It wanted <laughs> to be a plant and decided to bow out of the race. Are you sure, and... are you sure they didn't get Maserati to do their electronics? They might I well don't have know done. who they got to get their electronics. <laughs> I'm really hoping that WRT in the WRC next year can get good performance out of that car i think they can but yeah it's it's been a rough start for them especially when you consider it's using the same tub as the um cadillac it's quite impressive that the two galara based cars can do so differently yeah. um mm. but yeah as we came into the closing stages of the race the american chaos descended and to be honest sebring is quite often chaos in itself so, leading towards the end of the race, we had one of the Porsches, I can't remember the number, Matthew Jaminet's car, leading from Felipe Albuquerque's yeah, yeah, um, Acura number 10, and then the number 7 Porsche. Thankfully, the number 16 Myers-Shank Acura was down the field, because I don't think they were allowed to win this race. 
And then after a yellow flag restart, we had um, the lead three GTPs come up behind two of the GT cars, which were battling. And this was into turn two. And then all hell broke loose and we lost both Porsches and the Acura. So, yeah, good yeah. job there. I got quite confused as to how exactly that crash happened. It's just sort of so, in slow motion, but it was like weird. Albuquerque and Germany apparently both chalk it up to a racing incident. The GT cars were fully within their rights to battle. Remember, blue flag rules in IMSA. Um, it's advisory. It just means sort of be predictable. These two cars were already battling, I think, coming out of turn one. They weren't going to slot neatly back behind each other into turn two because there were prototypes approaching. Jaminet checked up. I think moved to his left in an attempt to find a way past the two GTs, during which point Philippe Albuquerque had decided that he was going to go up the inside and in the chaos took to the grass, skated across the grass and whacked Jaminet's car in, I think, the front wheel. Okay. And as it hit Jaminet's car, it too was hit by the number seven Porsche and took all of them out of the race leaving the number 31 Cadillac, which had been the pole-sitting car, and as I say, earlier wiped out by an LMP3, to win the race, and probably a very stunned BMW second. Yeah. Probably an even more stunned LMP2 of Tower Motorsports in third overall. Yes, and <laughs> a very well-deserved drive. I think that car actually had some problems. At one point was missing it did, its yeah. rear wing after a spin. Um, yeah. But with New Zealand super, uh, superstar Scott McLaughlin aboard. Yeah. I think actually did the last stint, if I'm remembering correctly. I may be misremembering that one. But yeah, as I mentioned earlier, though, I think there's some drama, I think, within the Acura camp in Imsa at the moment after the number 60 Myers Shank car was found to have breached regulatory minimum tyre pressures at Daytona. So mm. I don't think they were allowed to win Sebring. <laughs> I also, a conversation with someone else I'd had, I'm based on Honda HPD and Acura's response to it, the fact they brought it forward and reported it to IMSA. I'm not convinced that Myers Shank is still going to be running an Acura next season. Why? I think, I think HPD might be embarrassed at the bad press they've got off Myers Shank from this. Um that would be a big decision. I mean they found it serious enough that they reported it to him so themselves. Yeah, I think it's probably very much hurt the relationship between the team and the manufacturer there. I suppose HTPD have to be quite confident that they've got someone in the wings then to take those spots. True. Although yeah there's quite a few good teams i mean who knows maybe they'll poach united <laughs> they seem to be just <laughs> sitting and waiting for a top class manufacturer mm, and yeah. yeah i think they're probably getting bored with waiting on mclaren which yeah to be honest i can understand because i've gotten bored of waiting for mclaren for years <laughs> yes um it does show how, how late that crash was when you look at the overall results and the the porsche the hpd and the other porsche are still 9th, 10th, and 11th, but have DNFs next to their name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was real closing moments of the race, and 
I did feel bad for Porsche. I thought Porsche were actually going to manage to win the Sebring 12 hour and it showed a great, they were still down a bit on pace. It definitely showed a great improvement from their showing at Daytona. Who's in more trouble, do you think? Peugeot in WC or BMW in GTP? Peugeot, I think, because I think their issue is partly the concept of their car. There's also... So Peugeot is always going to be in the hands of Peugeot Sport. The BMW is being run by RLL this year, but has WRT coming on stream next year for the WEC. And maybe slightly controversially, I think WRT will get WRT will get more out of it than RLL. I think RLL for the past few years with the M8, with the M4, have underperformed for a team of their experience and their mm. heritage. And I genuinely rate WRT higher. I think WRT will get more from the car. Okay. I mean, because if we look at their debuts, I mean... WRT, okay, they took it to the Dubai 24, which is maybe not the biggest blue ribbon event, but they went and won it on their debut. They were, I can't remember who won the um, Bathurst 12 hour, but I remember WRT being competitive in it. And then we look at RLL, who on their debut with the M4 at Daytona had the diffuser sucked off it. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I. I don't think their level of preparation and their level as a team is Maybe on cursed. the same level. Yeah, I don't think they're quite on the same level at the moment as WRT, and I think WRT will be able to extract more potential from that BMW than RLL were. That said, WRT are going to also have the benefit of the year of work that RLL will put into the car. I'm just hoping True. that in the meantime, BMW don't pull the plug on it because BMW are very, very good at pulling the plug on international sports car programs. They're, they're, they're professional, very professional about it. You know, this, this almost, almost, their, um, almost no one does it better. To their credit, RL are very good at picking up the pieces of those international projects <laughs> and running them in the American Le Mans series. This goes pretty much back to the V12 LMR, which raced in the 2000 American Le Mans series. Yes. Which confusingly also had a round at the Nurburgring and a round at Silverstone. Yes. But, yeah, if anyone confusing. wants to be really confused, go watch the 2000 American Le Mans series race at Silverstone or the... No, watch the one at the Nurburgring. It confused That'll... me because you went, Sean, what's wrong with this picture? <laughs> I, yes. went, there's a bit, I went, there's a bit, there's an Audi R8. And... A beer? What? <laughs> but they didn't race together. Yes, they did. They're on screen. <laughs> yes. If you want to be thoroughly confused in sports car racing history, that's a good one to go for. Yes. Um, which I suppose now takes us to the away from Sebring because that was a. Uh, I mean, that really the, the whole month was really just about what was happening at Sebring because it was a lot more exciting than everything else. Uh, Al, you might as well just uh, sit back and then just chime in if you want to now because me and Sam are going to talk about Formula One. So yeah. uh, they're the ones without the covered wheels. Yes. Oh. Well, well, it's well, no, no, no. my F1 knowledge. They've, they've, Actually, no, they've, they've got, got those brows. weird little things. Yeah, We've got the same on RC touring cars now, but that's to stop the bodywork hitting the wheel under heavy cornering. Mm. <laughs> there you go. That's that's uh, that's our, our equipment. Uh, not equipment. Um, what's it called? Off Input. Road. Input. Yeah. To yeah. to to Formula One. Al, sorry, not Al. Sam. Um, We've had the first two rounds of Formula One. 
We certainly have. Um, Red Bull are way faster than everyone else, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They are very, very fast. Um, but you know who has been surprising? Uh, AlphaTauri. Well, maybe to you, but yeah. to everybody else, Aston Martin mm. have been very, very fast. Uh, th- that's disappointing. I, 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 yeah. just think yes. I think they're doing it just to ruin my predictions. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're actually, they waited um, <laughs> until we had done our pre-season predictions to, uh, to just to go for it then. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, no, we, we have to win the championship now. Um, just to annoy Sean. Um, but, uh, yeah, Fernando Alonso. Uh, Who'd have thought it? Well, probably he did. Regardless well. of regardless of how good or bad the car was, he probably thought it. <laughs> um, but it's, essentially, we've had two races. We've had Bahrain and we've had Saudi. Um, currently, Max Verstappen is leading the championship by just one point from his teammate, Sergio Perez. Yeah. After they've had a 1-2 finish and then a 2-1 finish. Um, so basically, yeah, no one's been on those top two steps apart from Red Bull so far this uh, year. Fernando Alonso. That... So Sergio Perez was allowed to win a race. He got a head start. Uh, well, yeah. So Verstappen had a problem in qualifying at Saudi Arabia. Um, hydraulic issue with the gearbox, I think, um, which he didn't need any spare parts for, but meant that he didn't set a lap in Q2, so he started 15th. Okay, I, um, I mean no disrespect to Sergio Perez, by the way. I mean, he's a good driver, but it's also very clear in pretty much every F1 team that there is a number one and a number two. People... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, we've seen enough times between Prost and Senna, Hamilton and um, Rosberg, what happens when you run double ones. Is yeah, it doesn't work. You, you spend a lot more money on bodywork when you run double ones. Yeah, um, no, that's the trouble. But but uh, no, Checo started on pole uh, and drove away twice. Um, twice. Oh no, no, yeah. no, that's, uh, not, that's not fair, Sam. Because uh, he did get overtaken on the on the initial start. He did, yes. Actually, Fernando Alonso did overtake him briefly, um, and then the Red Bull woke up. Uh, so that was that, really. Um, but uh, yeah, Perez actually predicted that by lap 25, Max would be P2. And as they came across the line to start lap 25, Verstappen overtook Fernando Alonso to take P2. Um, so it took him half of the race to go from 15th to second. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just a fast car, that Red Bull. It's just really it's fast. Really fast. Everyone else seems quite close together, which is quite nice. Yes, and and I'd like to think that because of the um, penalties that Red Bull have got this year, that the um, the other teams might catch them up as the year goes on. But they've got a big advantage at the moment, haven't they? Very big advantage. I um, yeah. I people should listen to our, our predictions podcast, but. Um, I'm already slightly changing my mind as to whether or not Red Bull will be caught this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's it's not close. You know who has been disappointing? Ferrari. Mm. Um, well, because uh, no, Charlie Clark was second on the grid in on merit before his demotion. I'd say he's had new parts already I... and had a 10-place grid penalty in race two of the season. I do apologise for interjecting. 
it took me way too long there to realise you meant Charles Leclerc when you said Charlie. <laughs> yeah, Char- Charlie Clark and Charlie Sainz. Yeah. Um, yeah, Leclerc uh, had what was it? Controller Electronics. Maybe they just got bored and thought, "Now I'll just do it again. Have another one." Don't like Essentially, it. yeah. So he's he's on his third control electronics on race two. So he had a ten place grid penalty. Uh, he didn't really do so much with it though, with the best one in the world. Um, in Bahrain, the Ferrari looked okay. I mean, the pace was there until it broke. Yeah. So. But it doesn't feel uh, like it, it doesn't have an advantage. Like say last year's one did over the rest of the field. Above well, yeah, I would say it's probably probably the, the second best car still. Do you reckon? For now, um, I actually think that the closer the field gets, the worse Ferrari will become, because I don't think operationally they're actually very good. I'd agree with that. I've, I think I've... it's the car will still be good, but the team will let it down. We're seeing with Mercedes already that, you know, we're an inferior car there ahead of Ferrari. Um, Aston Martin, who you historically would not say that team is, you know, the pinnacle of the grid in terms of quality or pace or no. operational ability. Um, they're, yeah, sure, they've, they've, got to, they've done a really good job with their car, but they've still got to have the pit stops go right and have the cars ready for the grid and everything else. Um, and they're second at the minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing. Um, you have to say that it's it's getting <laughs> it's almost getting to the point where, um, well, admittedly at the moment, Mercedes and Aston Martin are actually tied in the constructors because of um, Stroll's retirement in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Um, but you have to say the Aston Martin does look better than the Mercedes. The Aston should be second by by about ten or so points. Yes, yeah, um, it's probably skewed slightly by that retirement, which has not really been much been said about that retirement. Really, he just kind of pulled off the circuit and then they sprayed it with a fire extinguisher. Maybe but it, it was on bored. the front brake, so it's a really boring well, track. So maybe they just got bored. Yeah, I mean it could be that. But uh, do you remember, Sean? Yes. Cast your cast your mind back. No, no, Sam. I'm not going to. No. 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 Not no. Bad memories. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it does. It does. There's some similarities here, isn't there, though, between Renault and Briatore and uh, <laughs> Fernando Alonso's teammate making a safety car happen, which then benefits Fernando Alonso. It, that safety car did not need to be called at all. It did not need it to be a safety car. The car was essentially off of the circuit, well down a uh, runoff area. That could have been a VSC at best, really, couldn't it? Or as we, as we said before, and one should just have slow zones like they do in uh, uh, World yeah. Championship. But, the, but uh, yeah. that's the World Endurance Championship's idea, so therefore Formula 1 can't possibly do it. No. That's... Even though they did borrow Eduardo Freitas for a little bit. <laughs> That's stupid as well. Um, yes, it's interesting with Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston Martin. There's then close, like there's Alpine there, but not quite there. Which yeah. Is, I, I, I wish to be fair, if Aston Martin hadn't done what they've done so far, I'd be bang on with my prediction for them. 
But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, Aston Martin have done what they've done. Um, but then, then I think there's another gap. Let's let's talk about the back because the really at the moment I think it. it I saw a, a comparison between the points at this stage last year and the points at this stage this year, and it's very much that the top teams have scored more points than they had last year, and there's it's it's skewed because at the moment, um, yeah, there's not a lot for the lower half of the grid to fight over. No, um, and they are fighting still quite hard, really. Um, but you have to say, Ms. McLaren have not been good enough compared to where they were even sort of the end of last year. You would have thought they would be better than they are at the moment. Alpha Tauri are lower than I thought they would be as well. Um, but I don't know. I really don't know what the way forward is I, for McLaren especially. I really don't know what McLaren have done. To go no, from I don't. F- four fifth to last and last. quite solidly last. Yeah, the car's not the slowest, but they've come basically at the back in both of the races so far. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I think Lando was what fifteenth in Saudi, um, and uh, Piastri two places behind him. But when you take the considerations of the uh, retirements into that. I think he was basically second last. In, bo- um, in both races, the Williams has looked as good or if not better than McLaren. Yeah, I I'd think, agree I, with I that. I think that says a lot. Yes. Considering where both those teams were last year, Williams, good job, you've improved. But what are McLaren doing? I don't know. Hats have looked... Hopefully gearing up for a GTP programme. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> no, 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 no we, we can do this. McLaren, if you want to save about £100 million a year... Well, <laughs> there you go. Just Either that or in. invest in some customer support for your GT programmes. Yes, even better. Yeah. If you want to save all of your money, just sell chassis to people and make them do all the cost. And you can just sell, yeah. sell more chassis when they crash them. There you go. And uh, Mr. Stroll, if maybe you want to do that as well, that would also be um, perhaps a good idea, idiot. <laughs> yes, we'd like to see some more Aston Martin factory drivers on the roster Sorry, for GT3. Do, 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 <laughs> I, I think we'd like to just see any Aston Martin factory, anything that's not Formula 1. Uh, mm. No, there's a couple of factory drivers kicking around, because they do still have a few on tap. But mm. yeah, they're not as many as there should be, and they're not being as well utilised as I think they could be. Mm. Mm. But on that bombshell, that's uh, that's this one from Motorsport, March edition. What's coming up next month? Anything exciting? Uh, British Touring Car starts next month. Cool. Ooh. Um, um, second round WC. <laughs> I think yeah, I was planning to go to the now. GT World Challenge, but I can't remember if that's April or May. Cool. Well, whenever that's happening, we'll uh, discuss that. In the yeah. meantime, follow us on social media at Stealthy Auto. Thank you very much to Sam and Al for joining me. Always a pleasure. And uh, we shall see you next time. This is a long one today, but uh, next month we'll be back to normal scheduling of limited time. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye.